welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osmond, a biblical church centered on Christ. I want to begin by commending and thanking Broadway Baptist Church so much. And this is what makes you so beautiful. Thank you, Broadway Baptist Church, for making this happen. And thank you so much, Brother Dan, for your leadership. We really do appreciate you. Who is here that has not enjoyed or is not enjoying this program so far? No. Who is, who is not enjoying this program so far? <laughs> well, I think everybody is enjoying it, right? Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> I tell you, and that is the God we are serving. He's a God of diversity. He's a God of all nations, all the continents, every race, every looks, and everybody, every human race. That is the God we are serving. You know, when you see African we dance, there is something in our flavor that adds to your own style of worship, and that is what makes God a very, very big God. Amen? I want to also commend my brother Oscar. Merci beaucoup. Well, you know, Congo, they don't speak any English at all. For him to stand here and express himself that way and give a testimony and preach himself and preach that way, wow, my brother, you have a lot going on. May God bless you. You know, if... Yeah, praise God. So if, if we were actually to stop from here, I think you all would testify with me that you have been fed spiritually by his testimony, amen? Yeah, thank you so much. May God bless you, my brother. And uh, there's, it's like when I was preparing this message, it's like we, we were sitting together, like I told you that okay, I'll be preparing from this part. And, and, and So that is how the Spirit of God moves. So we've heard the scripture. The scripture has been read. And this evening, I really want to title this message, Jesus uh, Addresses the Unresponsive Generation. When I say an unresponsive generation, you all will bear with me here that from time memorial, the gospel of Jesus Christ has been preached in so many ways through the churches, through the media, and through people standing around giving out tracts, and people go even for or on personal evangelism. Yet there are people that they don't even want to give an ear to the gospel. There are people who reject the gospel. There are people who even abuse some of us Christians. They say we are frustrated people. They say good for nothing people. I'm sure at some point we all uh, might have gotten some kind of experience to this. But I want to share here today that whether you believe or not, whether you are resisting to believe or not, listen, the gospel of Jesus Christ has come to live. It is yea and amen. You either believe in it or you reject it. But, as the Bible, as we hear in, in a moment, when you believe the word of God, there is a consequence to that. There is a blessing that, that follows that. But also, if you reject the word of God, then also there is a repercussion for rejecting the gospel. Because after all, sooner and very soon, we will stand one by one in front of Christ and we will give an account of our lives. Amen? From the passage that our brother just read, Jesus had just finished commenting about John the Baptist to this generation that are so frustrated, this generation that 
are very, this generation is very wicked and they don't want to, they are very stubborn even to the word of God, even to the servants of God. Jesus had just finished to, to address them about John the Baptist. And then Jesus now, he jumped into uh, 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 the confusion that is going on in the world. And if you see in the first verse that we read this, this evening, verse 11, Jesus said, to what shall I compare this generation? It's like a parent having children and they are so stubborn and the father would like, well, sometimes we say, what am I going to do with these children? So that expression or that question is as a result of a frustration that either a parent is having by trying to teach these children the right way, yet they are going the wrong way. And because of that, you just meet with that frustration and look at them like, what am I going to do with these children? So Jesus actually is expressing that, expressing that kind of frustration to an unresponsive generation, to people that the word of God does not mean anything to them. Now, this designation is recurring in Matthew chapter 12, verse 41 to 42, where Jesus actually uses this connection, and Jesus used this connection of rejection because the people actually, they rejected John the Baptist, who was a forerunner, and also, they rejected Jesus as the Messiah. Now, Jesus draws his teaching from the two games in verse 17. If you see in that, in that, in that passage, verse 17 says that, We played the flute for you, but you didn't dance. We sang a lament, but you didn't mourn. Well, I want to say an example here. Of what we have two, we have, you all know we have two twins. I'm not going to call their names. And these children, sometimes you observe them. Sometimes you see them, they fight against each other. They fight because either you hear this one will give a complaint. Well, she's not wanting to read with me. She's not trying to read with me. She don't want to read with me. She don't want to play with me, right? But is that something to really get angry of? So Jesus actually uses this analogy to liken this generation who are always whining because they try to get their way out and they are not having. They are rejecting the gospel, the gospel that could have been like a source to their need. But they reject that and the more they rejected the gospel, the more they become frustrated. That is why Jesus Christ actually uses this analogy to say that they are like little children. And, 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 and Jesus liked them this way. Two children who complain and say that we played the flute for you. But you didn't dance. Just imagine a child say, Daddy, I played the flute and you not dance, so I'm mad at you. Is that something that you'll be angry at? So this is just a sign of frustration that Jesus Christ was actually showing with this generation. So, some, unfortunately, some of us Christians today in our churches, so many people there in the society, we are acting like these children. Every time a message is preached, we pick on the pastor. Every time they want to bring something about the gospel, something spiritual, we tackle it from one angle. Every time there is something about spirituality to grow, to, uh, to, to, to grow and to reach out, we are always negative and negative and negative. Yet we all know as Christians that as Christians, one of our, the number one mission of being a Christian is to do what? is to evangelize. If we are to evangelize, why should we and why are we again standing against and kicking against and complaining and whining against the things that we ought to be doing? We are no different than this set of children that Jesus Christ says that they are unresponsive because we know 
we know, you know as I know that we all of us know here that as Christians, our number one priority is to do what? Is to reach out to the unsaved. Are you that person who is standing against the works of the church by always opposing and always arguing and always bringing something contrary to that? Are you that one when the church tries to allocate some resources for that purpose, you're always arguing? If you are that one, please, 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 just as Jesus was reprimanding this generation, I want to say his finger is on you as well. So when Jesus finished this, then Jesus also, he, he jumped into, into another situation that happened. First verse 18 to 19. So, John the Baptist is considered the forerunner. He went to prepare the way for Jesus Christ. Well, John the Baptist was not eating anything and he was not drinking anything. And you know how they called John the Baptist? Verse 18 says that, For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. Now, the Son of Man, that is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came, he was associating with people and drinking and getting along with people. Then they say he's a friend to sinners, a friend to tax collectors, he's a gluten. Now, look at how confused this generation was. If I should say, look at how confused this generation is. Because if we try to slow down the servants of God, we try to slow down the people that God has raised to teach us, then also the things of the Lord will also slow it down, slaughter it. Then who are we? Are we not confused? We are also the unresponsive generation. Now, when Jesus addressed this crowd, Jesus now quickly, he jumped from verse 20 to 24. That is where the heart of this message this evening is. Then he proceeded to denounce the towns where most of his miracles were done because they did not repent. And I dare paraphrase a verse in the book of Hebrews, chapter 3, verse 15, which says, I'll paraphrase, Christians today, if you hear God's word, harden not your hearts. If you hear God's words today, do not harden your heart. So Jesus now, he turned to uh, this tribe because they were very stubborn, because they were very resistant, because they were unbelieving, even though they have experienced and have heard about Jesus and even benefited or profited to be in some of his teachings, yet they had this stony heart very stony, iron heart that they didn't want to change. It didn't mean anything to them. And this is where Jesus went now. He started reprimanding them. He said, verse 21, Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles that were done in, your, were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented in sackcloth and ashes long ago. He goes for that and says that, but I tell you, it will be very more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than 
for you. That is the first category. Jesus is addressing now a, a, a horizon or horizon here. Let me give a short historical background about this place, Corazon. And from verse 20 to 24, actually, theologians, they call that Jesus' ministry in Corazon, Bethsaida, and Capernaum, scholars call this the evangelical triangle of Jesus Christ. And let me give a short historical background about this. So Jesus spent around 50 to 70% of his ministry time around the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee. So those in Corazon will have repeatedly heard from Jesus Christ, all his teaching. Chorazin was one of the three towns, that is uh, Chorazin, Bethsaida, and Capernaum, which made up what I just said, the evangelical triangle. Now, Jesus set up his ministry based in Capernaum, which was close, which was close by to Chorazin. Chorazin is located about two miles north of the Sea of Galilee. From Chorazin, uh, you, can, you can see the Sea of Galilee, Bethsaida, and some. So this area actually they were close by. And so 50 to 70% of his time or ministry, that was a lot for those people not to listen to the word, not to repent, not to change. But in spite of everything that Jesus Christ did in this area, this people still had a very, very hardened heart, very stone-hearted and that's why Jesus Christ said, woe unto you. And Jesus told them that. He said, all the miracles that were performed and all the things that you saw me do here in Chorazin, if this were to be done in Tyre and Sidon, or Sidon, those people could have repented long, long, long ago. Now, what was Jesus talking about? What was so peculiar about uh, uh, Tyre and, uh, and Sidon? Well, Tyro and Sidon were Galilee cities, were Gentile cities, not of Israel. And Jesus had been sent to, to, to the Jews. Now we can see this in Matthew chapter 15, verse, verse, uh, verse 24. Jesus mentioned Tyro and, Tyro and Sidon in Luke 10, 13 to 14, comparing them to several cities in which he had performed miracles. Now, Tyro and Sidon are port cities located in modern Lebanon on the Mediterranean Sea. Jesus pronounces woes on them, stating that Tyre and Sidon, given the same opportunity, will have turned from their wickedness and be saved. Now, Jesus used the pagan cities of Tyre and Sidon to highlight the way God's chosen people refused him. So Jesus actually used this Tyre and Sidon to give an, a highlight of how God's people, us, will reject him. And sometimes it is very, very difficult to tell if everybody sitting in the pew is a Christian. Because there are certain things that sometimes you like. How are people listening to this word? How do we listen to the word of God? That our lives are the same. We don't, we don't see any change. Because right here, Jesus was addressing an unresponsive generation. People whose hearts were hardened. People who have even participated and assisted and, and even observed Jesus preach and perform all those miracles. Yet their hearts were still very hardened and their lifestyle had not changed. And the question here is, for us seated here, how is the state of our heart? How is our response to the word of God? Is the word of God serving a purpose to you? Does it mean anything to you? 
Does the word of God really mean anything to you? If it does mean anything to you, you challenge yourself with this question. Has your attitude changed? Has your character changed? Has your response changed? Do things change? Are you really inundated, buried in his spirit and his word so that he can use you the way he wanted? Because the call here is that these people, they were refusing to repent and that is why Jesus was giving out all this woe. And then we move now and go to uh, verse 23. So he has addressed the city of Chorazin and he went forth, he says that, and to you, Capernaum, Will you be exalted to heaven? No. You will go down to the Hades. For if the miracles that were done in you had been done in Sodom, it will have remained until this day. I have never thought that there was any city in the Bible that was better than Sodom. I thought Sodom was the worst. I thought Sodom was, was a city that you, 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 can, you can never give grace to because of their evil. But here is Jesus Christ addressing Capernaum. He said that the same miracles that were done in New Capernaum, if that same miracle were done in the people in Sodom, they would have repented long ago. Wow. Sodom? Where people even ran after angels to commit terrible havoc with them? Sodom that we know, that Jesus would look at Sodom and said, this will also they could have done better than Capernaum where he did all these miracles. Well, Capernaum actually, according to Mark chapter 1, 29 to 34, we see that Jesus preached and performed many healing miracles there in Capernaum. Even as a matter of fact, Simon's mother-in-law also was miraculously healed, miraculously healed in Capernaum. So you will think that the people observing and seeing what Jesus Christ have done, the people could have given their lives and given their hearts to Jesus Christ. No. It did not mean anything to them. It really did not mean anything to them. So to them, they didn't care what, what Jesus actually did. They were still very stubborn. They were still resistant to the gospel. They were still very, 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 very reluctant to the gospel. And I look at our city here, I look at our community here, I look at our church here. And I look at myself also, and I challenge myself. What effect does the gospel of Jesus Christ have in my life? What effect does the gospel of Jesus Christ have in our lives as a church? What effect does it have to our community here? Are we utilizing the gospel of Jesus Christ, taking it in and allowing God to work in us so that he will use us to do what he wants to do, or we are just building resistance in our hearts and look at the gospel and, and turn our backs so that it will hit and go back. Are we permeable to the gospel of Jesus Christ? If not, one of those woes is unto you. One of those woes is unto us. One of those woes is unto all of us here in our church and our community. I want us to look at some, 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 uh, some faith, lesson of faith here about Chorazin. The first, the first one is, Chorazin is a testament to Christ's judgment on a people who rejected his teaching, miracles, healing, and salvation. 
And the question that follows that is, are we guilty of rejecting Christ and his teaching in some way? Are you guilty of rejecting Christ's teaching in some way? We've been listening to the gospel of Christ so many times, so many times, preached over and over and over and over and over. Is there something in your life that you, want, you don't want to let go? Let's go to the second point. Corazon stands as a warning to us today not to do the same. Are we walking in close obedience or living a casual obedience to Christ or even disobedience? That is a challenge. Corazon, actually, they were living in disobedience and God, Jesus gave them the war. Are we also living in disobedience? Or do we have a casual obedience, which actually is no obedience? Are we living a disobedience life to Christ? Let's go to the third one. And the third one is this. In the same way this town lies in ruins, that's Chorazin, our life will lie in ruins if we reject Christ and the life he offers. Now listen, let me tell you, brothers and sisters. Someday, like I said earlier, someday, someday, nobody can escape from this. Someday, that day is coming. A day is coming when each one of us, just like we were born individually, so to individually will stand to give an account in front of the Lord and Master. You'll be there by yourself alone and no one else. So in order to have a good judgment, our prayer is that open your heart to the Lord. Open your heart, your mind to the Lord. Because he says that in the same way this town lies in ruins, our lives will lie in ruins if, if, if we reject Christ and the life he offers are we genuinely living for Christ and putting his word into practice? Let's go to the fourth point. Well, this is a little bit terrifying. Listen to this. It appears there will be different degrees of torment and judgment in hell because Christ said it will be more tolerable in the day of judgment for other cities than for Chorazin. That tells me that in my own understanding, it's like somebody is going to pay for their crime. Somebody is going to pay for, for, for everything that they did, for all the opportunities that you had to receive Christ and to change. If you think that you can just narrowly escape, no, there's going to be a time because he says that it will be more tolerable. Why is it more tolerable? It is more tolerable because you had the opportunity to listen. You've heard it many times. You had the opportunity to change. You did not change. So it will be terrible because you'll be suffering with the knowledge that I should have changed and I refused to change. It's just like a student in school. The teacher announced that there is a test tomorrow and say, tell you, okay, go and read this passage. Read from year to year. And you go, you don't read. And you go and play around, play around, play around. And when you come to the example, boom, the same spot where the teacher gave, that is where the exam came. How do you feel? You feel frustrated. You feel devastated because he had given, he gave you the passage, the section to read, and you neglected, you did not read. And that's why there you are, the test is now in front of you, and there is nothing you can do. There is nothing you can do. And that is how it is going to happen. And let's go to the fifth point, the fifth and last point. Now listen, brothers and sisters, following Christ brings life and blessing. Amen? Following Christ brings life and blessing. On the contrary, on the other hand, rejecting him brings death and destruction. Oh, why will you die? Why will you allow yourself to be destroyed? 
And if we skip some few verses and go to verse 28, Jesus says that what? He said, come unto me, all that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Why will you die when Jesus promises to give you rest? I'm about now to end this message. And I will plead with you that please, if you could, let us be on our feet. Let us stand up. Let us stand, please. And I want our sister to come and be singing this song all to Jesus. I surrender very slowly while I give us this opportunity. Revelation 3.20 says that Jesus says that, Behold, I stand at your door and knock. Jesus is standing right now at the door of your heart. He is knocking. And he says that if anyone is not limited, if anyone opens your heart, he's going to come in and will feast with you. Are you ready to open your life now to Jesus Christ? I want us to bow our heads. Bow your head, please. Go ahead. All to Jesus, I surrender. I just want you to bow your head. Think about yourself. Let me give you a moment. Just think about yourself. Are you that one that Jesus Christ will pronounce woe because you resist the gospel? Are you that one that you've been listening to the gospel and the devil is telling you that don't, don't, don't mind about it? Are you that one? This is the opportunity that Christ is giving to you. Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Is there anything that you want to surrender to Jesus Christ? Please, just raise your hand. I surrender. You want to surrender to Jesus? Anything? Raise your hand, please. Anybody? Anybody? You want to surrender to Jesus Christ this evening? Thank you so much, my dear sister. Thank you so much. Any other person? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, the third person. Thank you. Please don't neglect this opportunity. Don't want Jesus to stand and say woe to you. Please. For the last time, if you want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, this is the opportunity. Just give it a handshake. Just raise your hand, please. Okay, the fourth person. I've seen the fourth person. Thank you. God bless you. Yes, thank you, the fifth person. Okay, I will do this, please. If you raise your hand, I know there are five people who raised their hand. They raise up their hands. They want to surrender to Jesus. I will call on you people. There is a room back this way, and I'll call a, a pastor and a I'll call the counselors, please. The counselors just walk towards that way so that they will follow you all there. Let's give some time again while they go out. Just go ahead. I surrender. If you raise your hand, please just take your stuff and just go down this way to the left that way. There's a room there. I surrender. I surrender.